Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, offering online master's degrees in elementary education, higher education, and early childhood education. Your master's degree can be earned online in as little as one to two years. More information at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the state of Mississippi now owns 700 acres on Cat Island. Then a new clinic could make a difference for the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. We have had the situations over the years where we had organs uh, placed for transplant. We wanted to go to surgery. We couldn't get into surgery because of a variety of reasons. Uh, and a couple of the organs failed before we could get into the, the recovery. So with this ability, we hopefully that uh, we'll be able to prevent that from happening. Later, a visit from the experts of Everyday Tech on your tech and your music. And a biogas purification plant comes to Tippa County. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The state of Mississippi now owns about two-thirds of Cat Island, the largest of the state's barrier islands. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman announced Friday the state has accepted the deed to 492 acres there. The land, valued at nearly $14 million, was acquired from BP and paid for by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. The state now owns about 700 acres of the island. Houseman tells MPB's Evelina Burnett the island will belong to the state far into the foreseeable future. We're proud to say Mississippi got its island back. It was conveyed by the Spanish in 1795 in a Spanish land grant, and today, two centuries later, we got it back. And uh, the Corps engineers uh, worked with us and provided the funds necessary to acquire about 500 acres that had previously been bought by British Petroleum. And now it'll be owned in perpetuity by the citizens and the children and the grandchildren of Mississippi. And so how much of the island does um, the state of Mississippi own now or, and the National Park Service and, and other people? We own about two-thirds of it. The National Park Service owns about a third, and there's about another 70 acres that's still in private hands. But the great majority of it is owned by the citizens of the state of Mississippi. So is this going to lead to any kind of um, development or, or new access for the island? Well, there, uh, as part of the National Park Service, uh, Mississippi is going to give them appropriate land to build a pier there where the old Army Pier was in the 1940s. will provide access for the public there. And we're really excited about that part, too. We want people to go see their island. Uh, it is pristine. It's gorgeous. People are going to love it. Do you see any other kind of building out there? No, it's been, it will be in perpetuity now with conservation easements. And now, this isn't the first time that you've announced um, acquisitions of islands and, and access to islands. Why do you feel like that is an important part of, uh, important for Mississippi, but also an important part of your job? I, you know, I grew up coming down here to St. Stanislaus, and, and, I, and I just would tell you that um, it's embedded in me, this culture, this love of the water, love of the islands, uh, love of family, and, and the 
and their religious experiences here. Those all have led me to love the coast just like everybody else does. And I've got grandchildren, and my grandchildren and their grandchildren will play on their island, and it's just a critical part of Mississippi. What do you see in terms of the economy? Oh, yeah, it's people to stay one more day. It's, it's tens of millions of dollars if people stay one more day here. MPB's Evelina Burnett with Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman. Jim Blevins a mayor of Pasca, the, is mayor of Pascagoula, and he tells Evelina Burnett the Barrier Islands are a vital part of the Gulf Coast way of life. Well, all the barrier islands are important to, to all of our coastline to keep us protected. But let's talk about Cat Island and say, you know, from an economic standpoint, what we're trying to do by protecting this island, giving it back to the citizens, is uh, giving people an opportunity to come to the coast, see the great birds and flora and fauna over there. But when they come down here, they tend to stay an extra day. And so those folks may come over to Pascagoula and see what we have to do over there. Secretary Hoseman has done a wonderful job of, of helping us all all along the coast to protect our coastlines, do things that supports the one coast concept. So something we do in Biloxi or Gulfport or Bay St. Louis helps Pascagoula, Goche, Moss Point, all those cities over there. We're very appreciative for those efforts. MPB's Evelina Burnett with Mayor Jim Blevins of Pascagoula on the returning of 492 acres of Cat Island to the state of Mississippi. Up next, a new organ recovery clinic could make a difference for the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an important message for all MPB viewers who use an antenna to receive MPB TV. On Monday, December 12th, our Dot One and Dot Two channels will change. MPB HD will move to Dot One. A brand new 24-7 children's channel, PBS Kids, will premiere soon on Dot Two. Subchannels Dot Three and Four will continue to carry Create TV and MPB Think Radio just as before. Cable and satellite viewers shouldn't be affected. If you have questions, please visit our website at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Officials with the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency, or MORA, believe a new on-site clinic at their headquarters could help improve the timely recovery of organ and tissue donations. There are about 1,500 Mississippians on the National Organ Transplant waiting list. Most of those patients, or nearly 1,300 of them, are waiting for a kidney. Shirley Schlesinger is the medical director for Mora. She tells MPB's Paul Boger the new building provides a place to remove organs outside of a hospital setting. Both organ donation and tissue donation are really very complex um, processes. And currently, most of the recovery of organs and tissues from people who have died happens within the hospital setting. And oftentimes, this ministry that's actually a, a after-death ministry can disrupt flow in a hospital that's got trauma coming in and other emergency things going on beyond the recovery of organs. So this new facility actually uh, has been built to acceptable standards to allow us to move bodies from an acute care hospital setting into this facility for the recovery of organs. So we won't ever have live patients here. It's always uh, for people who've under 
um, gone catastrophic events or normal aging events with strokes or heart attacks or whatever and have then experienced death, either brain death or cardiac death, and are have decided to be donors either through registering their wish with the organ donor registry or through communication with their family who has said this person wants to be a donor. And we'll bring their bodies here as a transition before they go to the funeral home and do the recovery of the organs here. For our surgeons who currently may fly all over the state to recover solid organs for transplantation, it is actually going to be much safer for them every year, not every year, probably every two or three years, somewhere in the United States, transplant recovery surgeons die from helicopter crashes or plane crashes. So one of the things we look at as an advantage of this is that we're going to have uh, fewer surgeons flying around in small planes or helicopters to do organ recovery because we'll be able to move the actual bodies here for those recoveries. So that's going to be another plus. So all the, the, the bodies from the 69 county that more services would be brought here instead of doing them maybe in Tupelo and or Hattiesburg? probably never will it be 100% because this is something that we'll always approach families for their permission for, so we would not automatically bring a body here without a discussion with the family about it. And there'll be some that will not be stable enough physiologically for solid organ donors uh, to, to be able to move. But in the, and, and this is something a few other organ recovery agencies have done nationally. Most of them have seen an increase in their recovery numbers with a decrease of cost because we're able to do it cheaper here than what we have to pay hospitals to use their facilities to do this recovery. So we think we're going to save money. We think we're going to reduce travel. It's going to be safer for our surgeons. It's going to offload hospitals. Probably ultimately two-thirds of our donors will end up being recovered here. Um, it'll never be 100%, but we think it's going to make it a lot easier. We're going to start just with this Metro Jackson area to begin with, making certain that all of our processes work well, that uh, we're able to do the recovery we think the way we think we will, but making sure we've got all the kinks worked out, and then we'll begin to offer this particular service out from this central part of the state. When do you believe recovery will actually start here at the center? We're hoping we'll begin to do tissue recovery probably by late January. I don't think we'll be doing solid organ recoveries probably till April. We've still got to get some uh, clinical service support um, in place because right now we do make use of personnel resources in the hospitals beyond just our em- employees in recovery. And so we're going to probably need to be uh, having some PRN people that can help with some aspects. MPB's Paul Boger with Shirley Schlesinger of Mora. Kevin Stump is CEO of Mora. He tells Paul Boger the access and flexibility the new clinic provides will make a big difference in Mora's mission. Organ and tissue donation happens around the clock 24-7. All of our hospitals in Mississippi, just like across the country, have busy operating room schedules and it can be a challenge to try and fit us in sometimes. Uh, And so with this facility, they won't have to worry about us disrupting their operating room schedule. Uh, We'll be able to uh, go at what time we feel is appropriate for us to be able to go, uh, which then trickles down and helps the transplant programs because they know if we say we're going to surgery at 6 a.m., they know about approximately what time they can get an OR room in their transplant program to transplant the organ that is being donated. 
on the financial aspect, it helps us save money, which then we pass on to the recipients so that it makes it easier for them uh, to uh, take care of getting their transplant. Uh, and with Medicare and Medicaid being one of the primary payers for um, kidney transplant, uh, it's going to save Medicare and Medicaid money. Uh, and then um, we'll be able to um, also ensure that the environment that we're recovering the tissues in uh, is in the best environment possible. So is, is this likely to uh, maybe increase the number of possible transplants, or is that more along the lines just making it more efficient? It could help uh, increase transplants. Uh, you know, we have had the situations over the years where we had organs uh, placed for transplant. We wanted to go to surgery. We couldn't get into surgery because of a variety of reasons. Uh, and a couple of the organs failed before we could get into the, the recovery. So with this ability, we hopefully that uh, we'll be able to prevent that from happening. Uh, and we'll be able to get more people transplanted uh, and more families being able to donate. Now, more services the whole state, right? Most of the state. We uh, don't service a few of the counties up around Memphis. There's another organization up there that's been designated for those counties. But uh, we serve, I believe, um, 69 of the 82 counties. You know, moving forward, you know, how much does this particular project cost? Where do you see this going from in the future? Uh, this project cost uh, $2.2 million. Uh, it was made feasible through uh, the financing afforded by Community Bank. Uh, it was made feasible through a generous uh, grant from the state of Mississippi. Uh, and the reason they did that is because they saw down the road, uh, in the long run, they'll be able to save Medicaid money by uh, helping us to cut our expenses. So we've uh, been able to uh, take that and, and to create this facility and uh, hopefully continue to save money. We feel like in about five years, when it's fully functioning 100%, We'll save about a million dollars a year. MPB's Paul Boger with Kevin Stump of the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency, which just opened a new clinic for recovering organs in the state. Up next, a visit from the experts of everyday tech on your tech and your music. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Donald Trump has promised coal miners he'll put them back to work. But what would it take for Trump to deliver on that promise? He needs to eliminate one half of the employees in the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. He needs to eliminate the Department of Energy altogether. I'm Robert Siegel. The view from Ohio's coal country later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Sherita Brent, joined by Wilts Couture. This morning, we're going to talk about tech and music. Things are a little different now where you don't have to have a portable CD player. Now, I do have an iPod, but you can very easily just listen to music on your phone now. Uh, is that an option you think some people should consider to uh, just put everything on one device? Definitely. If they've not, uh, if they've not done that already, I and mean, it's just really revolutionized how we're all doing that. I mean, you know, long gone are the days of the old Walkman and some of those other things that uh, some of us may be old enough to remember. And really, uh, even that simple phone on our hip has really become the end-all, be-all, you know, taking the place of the big old boombox, the video camera, the, the still camera, and everything else. So it's definitely something that they've not looked into they need to, to explore. How much space does music take up on a phone? Uh, would you have to increase your storage? You have a couple of different ways you can go about it. 
if you wanted to actually store your actual songs on there, you're usually looking at somewhere between maybe three to five meg um, per song. It's kind of like your your average song is going to fall somewhere in there. You know, when you're talking about phones, they're usually talking in gigabits. So if you're talking 16 gigabit, well, that's about a thousand megabit. You can kind of like do the math there. You can fit quite a few on there, but what a lot of folks are doing now is a lot of your streaming audio options, such as your Pandora's, and you know we hear iHeartRadio quite a bit, working with a lot of radio stations. So that's another one of the options out there too. That really requires no storage on your phone. It's just a streaming service. It will take a little bit of your data, but the good news is, is that audio takes a heck of a lot less than say like a YouTube or a Netflix would. So even with a fairly conservative data plan each month, you'd probably see you'd be able to effectively utilize streaming audio without really putting a big dent into it. Now, with something like Pandora or Spotify, do you have to pay for those services or do they come as free packages? They all have a free option. What you usually end up giving up, if you say the free option, is you're going to have a limited number of songs you can skip. Say a song comes on, you don't really like it. You can thumbs up or thumbs down it, but if you want to skip past it, you can usually only do a few of those per hour. Every now and then, you may actually get a commercial to play through, usually about a little 30-second little snippet, whereas the pay options will take that away, allow you to skip as much as you want, um, and allow you, for example, not have to listen to the commercials. I personally use just the free options of those, and I've been more than satisfied with it. Are there any limits to what kinds of music you can listen to on a phone? Can you listen to the radio on your phone? So if you're not in the car, is it possible for you to listen to a particular radio show, like something you hear on MPB away from your car? As long as you have Internet connectivity, um, case in point, we were traveling one time. We were going down to Disney World with the kids, and as we were going down there, we really picked up this really good station. It was playing some good 80s music. It was it was wonderful. Well, you know, we started to kind of get out of range of it, and, you know, started getting a little bit fuzzy. So we said, well, let's go ahead and see if they're over. And in that particular instance, we tried iHeartRadio, which iHeart has a lot of your traditional terrestrial stations on it. And we actually found that station on iHeartRadio, and it was just like we were still within and within just enough distance from their towers, and we were listening to it just like we were in town. So mm. uh, we've actually we're up in the mountains, and we're able to listen to some local Jackson area radio stations up there. Very similar to you can get the MPBOnline.org app and listen to MPB, including our show, from anywhere around the nation. So. Yeah, it's the uh, MPB Public Media app, and you can listen to Think Radio and Music Radio. There's even an alarm clock on it, so it's really cool. There's a donate option. You can do that as well, and it is free. Last question is about access. So songs and CDs that you have downloaded on your phone, can you access those on different devices like a computer? If you back them up to there. Um, iTunes has done a lot with making that it's on your computer as well as it's on your phone. So we're seeing a lot more of that blending on up, but that takes a little bit more work on the on the user's part itself. You have to actually make sure you're syncing them up there. So as far as you're hearing that music on multiple devices, a little more work involved, but yes, you can. You can actually share that across devices now. Sounds good. Well, we will talk a little bit more about technology and music on Everyday Tech, the show, this coming Wednesday morning at 10. You can send us an email before or during the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Couture, I'm Sharita Brent. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Thanks for listening. 
As you watch a presidential transition, NPR News will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, new policies, and all the day's news. Listen every day. Hi, I'm Nina Totenberg. You can support the programs you love by donating that unwanted vehicle. It's served you well over the years and can still get you around town, but let's face it, it's just taking up space. Donate it today. It could be worth hundreds of dollars to this station, and you could get a tax deduction. And thank you. Go to mpbonline.org and find the contribution link on our homepage. We appreciate your support of our programs. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Hopes are high for a renewable energy plant to be constructed at the Northeast Mississippi landfill in Walnut next year. Air Liquide Biogas Purification Plant will provide natural gas in Tippa County by trapping methane from degrading material. Matthew Harrison, executive director of the Tippa County Development Foundation, tells MPB's Mark Rigsby there will be $25 million of capital investment in the project. This new facility is going to be bringing in excellent opportunities for our communities uh, to have renewable energy that's going to be capable of heating an estimated 4,500 homes per year and be utilized by our local businesses and industries. What type of benefits are you looking for from this plant? This plant not only brings in the environmental sustainability factor in helping clean up the environment, but it also gives us an opportunity to... uh, have other economic development uh, jobs come in that would be looking for that sustainable energy resource that is uh, critical to their business. When was the last time Tippa County had a a large project like this? The last large project we had was uh, would have been in 2014 uh, with the advent of Baja's furniture coming in that produced about 175 jobs. I was speaking to the company about the plant. They were t- telling me that after the the plant is constructed, and of course there will be several construction jobs uh, generated, that it would only take three people to operate this plant. That is correct. Uh, the idea is uh, quantity and quality. So as a Tip County economic developer, we want to be able to uh, give multiple opportunities for our community, not only just in quantity of jobs, but quality of jobs. These jobs are going to be high-end, high-tech jobs, and we're looking at the opportunity to give citizens a wide variety of opportunities. The other component of the uh, plant is that the new filtered natural gas will be tapped into a pipeline there. Tell us about that. So the pipeline is going to be a four-mile construction phase, a pipeline. What's wonderful about this pipeline is it will not only be able to be utilized by the citizenry and sold to the citizens, but also will entail going along the whole uh, western port boundary line of our uh, industrial part that's in Walnut, Mississippi. So in the future and in theory, is as industries begin to move in, they'll be able to tap in to that renewable energy source. The landfill is currently producing and burning off uh, biogas there now. Who came up with the idea to put the plant and the landfill together? How did that conversation start? Wow, that uh, really was a collaborative effort all the way across the board. Uh, with Waste Connections and the Waste Authority in the City of Auden and the Tip County Development Foundation uh, really was looking for an opportunity to not only uh, clean up the environment but also do something uh, the first of its kind in North Mississippi. So really it was just an opportunity collaboratively talking about what can we do 
to make our area sustainable uh, energy resource uh, in the North Mississippi. How excited are people in, in that area uh, about this renewable energy resource? I tell you, everyone that we've talked to so far, uh, they've been ecstatic just not only from the opportunity that this is bringing from the jobs perspective in the construction phase and the capital investment, but just to be able to say that we've had something the first of its kind in this area. You mentioned capital investment. What's the dollar amount on this project? So the first uh, year phase of the dollar amount is roughly $15.7 million of capital investment, uh, upwards to $25 million over the course of the project. And how long will that last? Uh, the course of the project itself is a, a two-year phase. Uh, construction would probably be completed within the quarter of uh, 2017. So the plant will operate from now on? That's correct. So, so there's no cutoff point for it? There's no cutoff point planned at this point. MPB's Mark Rigsby with Matthew Harrison of the Tippa County Development Foundation on a new biogas purification plant being built in Walnut. Coming up after Mississippi Edition, it's Deep South Dining. Now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy. I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio. As you consider where the country should go next, NPR will be here with the facts to help you make sense of new appointments, policy changes, and all of the day's news. So listen every day.